every night, I dream the same dream. I'm going to do a thing with my hand now to transport us into the podcast space. Give me total concentration. Don't say anything. We've entered the podcast zone. Good. All right. Welcome to the Ways of Cinema. <laughs> Home run. Yeah. I actually didn't really do much. I I can't make any sparks with my fingers. I, I never... I'm a fraud. It's because you're not wearing a sling ring. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, I've hey, might... hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. I am Trash Panda Corey. And, and I'm Material Opticon Nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to... It's it's not as good. Yeah. What? Multiverse, Matt? Is that what you prefer? Oh, okay, that's <laughs> And part of my multiverse, I'm putting a pillow on my phone so you know who would have thought that one year in the 21st century we would say this is the most multi multi multiverse <laughs> heavy year in movies we've ever had it's a yeah i mean i i think that it's it's one of those times in movies that you, you get this where like two movies come out at the same time that the nerds are winning <laughs> The nerds are winning, but different kinds of nerds. And True. The Flash was supposed to come out this year, and wasn't that Into the Spider-Verse sequel as well, but they, both of them got pushed back? Yeah, well, I didn't even... Wait, is The Flash... That was supposed to come out this year? That was supposed to come out this year. I thought that's not even happening at all for... <laughs> if Ezra Miller can keep his hands off people for about two seconds, <laughs> then maybe we'll get it. But for now, we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Thank God. Yes, thank goodness Sam Raimi, uh, director Sam Raimi is back uh, as the you know one to pump fresh life into Marvel Cinematic Movies and... By fresh life, I mean lots of dead bodies. <laughs> but oh, we, but God. we'll get to I that. Just, <laughs> fresh death. Right. Wow. Lots of fresh death and lots of organs. It is not as grim as that, but in a way, it's strangely accurate. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. For those who don't know, Sam Raimi. I, I, hopefully, if you knew, it's in the trailer. Uh, he's back directing a movie first time in nine years the last one was oz the great and powerful wasn't it yes yeah. wow and, yeah and i guess he was busy he was doing a lot of producing like he wasn't like there was an evil dead television series wasn't there it? was an evil dead tv show he directed uh, an episode and yeah i mean he was doing stuff he Someone just tells sam raimi that tv doesn't matter <laughs> never watch the pilot episode and you'll see why el jefe matters okay all right but but, and we'll, maybe we'll come back to an element of that. But, um, yeah, we have our first proper sequel to uh, Doctor Strange. Right. I suppose as well. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I um, I remember seeing the first Doctor Strange with you. You liked it a lot. I liked I, it a lot. I, I was not impressed with it. I thought it was it was fairly standard for Mar by Marvel standards. Yeah. Uh, but this one gave me all of the things that I was kind of hoping for. Where mm. it's like this really set sort of Doctor Strange apart from everything else, which is what it really needed. Yes. Uh, 
you know, yeah. Do- Benedict Cumberbatch is pretty good as Doctor Strange, and I like the character of Doctor Strange. He's been really good in all these other Marvel movies, that, and I really like that. His first movie was just kind of, you know, there were no surprises in it, but this one is full of surprises. Yeah, I mean, well, I, if I went back to that first episode, uh, epi- that first episode, the episode of the first movie that we recorded, I think I was a little bit higher on it at the time than I later, like, cooled down. You love down. the visuals. I was a big fan of visuals, and I re well. Corey and I actually re rewatched the first movie yesterday, uh, and it been my first time really sitting down watching it again since I saw it in the theater. And I still like it. I mean, there you know it is a little generic at times, but like what set it apart were the visuals, and I think that not all the Marvel movies necessarily have great action. Some of them try to have these big set pieces but not necessarily always you know things that stay with you and i think that both of these doctor strange movies but this one even more have you know visuals that are very very unique to doctor strange yes so what's your short take matt oh i enjoyed this more than i expected because i was worried about the trailers they make it seem like it was just going to be a bunch of fan service cameos but not really having anything to do with dr strange per se as a character focus himself and i mean to some extent that's true that there it's not really what you'd expect from a dr strange movie that really expands on dr strange specific mythos and characters but overall it works together as its own movie yeah, I mean, would you say that, Corey? I enjoy this movie. I'm a fan of the first Doctor Strange. I'm a fan of Doctor Strange too. It, I liked it. I would give it a strong recommendation. Thought it was very good. Four out of five stars. Sorry, <laughs> I just had to twist the knife, Andrew. But there were no. Hey, she did come back after weeks of not recording an episode, and you were like five stars, Andrew. <laughs> this she is didn't how use, I. She didn't use a half. That's true. This is not a half star. You want to piss me off? Give it a quarter star. I, I will. I will say, no, it's not four stars. It's three and seven eighths. <laughs> three and nine tenths. No, well, in, we don't want to go in the dimension where Andrew's now, like, being up Corey. So... <laughs> Four oh, out I of would five never stars. Do that no, I, no matter how many fractions of a star she wants to give anything, <laughs> I would never Andrew yes. won't a, use his power no. to the forces of darkness. But but back to the movie though. Um, I get what you mean, Matt. That like, well, I don't know if I necessarily expected a ton of cameos. I I knew that there would be at least one set piece that would have them because it's very clearly marked off in the trailer. But I was happy that outside of that, it was not very cameo-y. except yeah. for one exception that will grant Sam Raimi because it's what it's who he is. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I and I well for me, I actually I I I think I actually really liked Benedict Cumberbatch's performance in this probably even more than like in the first movie. I think maybe he's had time to really get more into the character and the character's gone through, you know, so much in, you know, his kind of supporting roles. Well, and, the, the thing too is that he's playing multiple versions of himself. Yeah, multiple versions. Yeah, and that that I, I, at least three. Uh, and and there's not a great deal of difference between the two of the, the three of them, but they do, but they are distinct from one another. Yeah, 
And um, I don't know if we should give like a very quick rundown of the plot because that might help us to leap off from it. I mean, okay. It's uh, I mean in this ver in this story we get uh, a new character, uh, this young woman uh, named uh, America. And now I'm blanking. Hilarica Chavez. And we were practicing this on the car ride home. So why don't we say her, like, her, the actress's name? Sochil Gomez. Sochil Gomez. Sochil Gomez. We say, Gomez. We say that enough times, we will resurrect uh, the Book of the Dead. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Sochil Gomez. Uh, America is this character who has the ability to travel through the multiverse. And this makes her unintentionally. Yeah, she she's one of these, like almost kind of like in a way, an X Men uh, character. And I don't mean to plant a, a seed of a spoiler. We'll get to that much later. But you know, she hasn't really gained control of her powers yet. She's right. being hunted by some mysterious force that wants to take the powers from her. Yeah. Yes. Which, in a way, again, that's kind of like an X Men plot. <laughs> I gotta say, the first open, the opening of this film where, this is not a spoiler because this is the first scene, Doctor Strange and America Chavez are, are running through a sort of interdimensional space and they're being chased by a monster that is hideously designed. Yeah. It is, it is just like a bunch of lines yeah. and tubes and it's like, if I could... That's the best I could do to describe it because it's it, it seems almost immaterial in a bad way. Yeah, and I was so glad that that didn't go on further on. That monster disappeared. Yeah, That's... yeah, that was kind of a generic monster, <laughs> but it was fine because it was gone. It was there for like two minutes and then it was gone. Yeah, it was there to establish that you know you're you're plopped into what Strange thinks is a dream. But it's you know not. We learn that dream... it's never just a dream. No, no, and it's that's never just a dream. no. It's never just a dream. That's that's a great sort of concept we get that we didn't get before in these in these stories, which is that anytime you're having a dream, you're seeing another version of yourself. Yes, and so now, but the problem is again that for America, this makes her very powerful, and yes, yeah, Scarlet Witch is I called in to aid them. <laughs> in a manner of speaking i mean call to aid well call to aid them yes and yeah then, <laughs> then the movie progresses yeah the movie progresses <laughs> and yeah i mean and that's where the movie kicks off and now dr strange and uh america you know have to figure out how are they going to keep this multiverse together without it you know crumbling question yes america chavez comes from another universe she does okay does she live in america in that multiverse i believe she does okay you can have people who are named america and they're you know i've never met a man named england anywhere <laughs> there's that actress and god help america me if your name ferrera. is Uzbekistan. yeah you never heard of america ferrera no she exists wow. she was on ugly betty she was on superstore real women have curves <laughs> was the voice in How to Train Your Dragon? Oh, was she? Now? I believe so. Okay. Well, the point okay, is. The point is. Well, the point. Well, my question is though, Matt, is is she a particularly new character, or has she been around for a while? She's, She's been, been around for a few years. Around since like the early two thousands, I want to say. Okay. Then yeah. Yeah, and I mean, with her, I think that. I, I think I want to maybe start off with just like a couple of the little flaws before I get into everything I, I like. Okay. And I 
I with her character, I found that she, you know, the writing of her wasn't wasn't that bad. But I don't think the actress was necessarily, you know, could really rise up to the occasion. Maybe like maybe it's also doesn't help that she's up, you know, she's acting against like Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen and all these great performers. Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong too, yeah. yeah. There you go. And there, there are a lot of people in this. I don't know if you'd call this an ensemble, really, but it's just like there are a lot, oh, yeah. lot of Rachel McAdams returns. There, there are a lot of performances in here, performances in here that she has to stand up against, and I don't necessarily blame uh, Sochil Gomez for that. But, but I, I don't think like I don't think it's the actress's fault. It's, it's just like. We were given enough information about America Chavez to get it, get the point. Yeah, I mean, and, and in she, a movie that's kind of crowded like this, yeah, you can only afford so much time. Maybe, but there's I, nothing lacking with that character. It's just there's not a lot to 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 latch on to either. Yeah, she's not as like dynamic as she is in the comics. They made her more passive in this. She's usually uh, more like badass. Comics do matter, but. <laughs> <laughs> What I said to her is, I certainly, I would not call the character of America bad by any stretch. No. And I would not call the actress bad. It's just that she's primarily a plot device rather than a particularly interesting person. And when she's, and she kind of just recedes into the background as a character versus being as a plot device. Yeah, I think, I think it is a writing problem. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's in addition to the like sort of cr like crowded cast. You also just have like, well, you know, what is her purpose in the film? You know, I don't think there's not a great deal of growth that she has to go. Through. Yeah, she has to be saved. Yeah, yeah, so she has to be that's saved. That's limiting. Yeah, the and, part and, is limited. Yeah, and I mean, she has like a moment where you see like her backstory, and she, you know, gets to react to that because again, multiverse, but. um but yeah, I, I get what you mean, Matt. Like she, I feel like she, I, even that, like she has this plot point. She could have had a little bit more agency, maybe. I, her character is not the focus of the film. Like the whole thing no. is is focused around the characters of Stephen Strange and Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, that's where the whole thing is playing out. Oh no, no, and I, that's where all of the folk is. That's where all of the time and all of the mm -hmm. writing is is put into it. Yeah. What? I was just thinking. I don't know if we want to discuss this now or after spoilers because this movie already takes place after the events of the WandaVision TV show, and you have not seen the WandaVision series. So right. I was wondering whether you were able to understand the movie without having first watched that. I, I was able to understand the broad strokes basically because being on the internet, you can't escape certain things. Mm -hmm. And so I understood the gist of what they were talking about. Like, they're referencing this television series, and I understand a little bit about that. But, you know, having not seen any of this, I have not seen any Marvel television stuff. Because, you know me, television doesn't matter. But, uh, but still, without that, I was not lost at all. Well, what's funny is that I read an interview with Sam Raimi uh, they did recently, and he, he actually said that he only watched the parts of WandaVision that he was told mattered for the movie. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> Which is kind of, of a funny thing. Mean, he said he enjoyed what he watched, but, like, that's funny to me that, like, 
He would just watch the whole season. Well, the man's got to make a movie. He doesn't have time. Yeah, they, Maybe. They didn't like, have the WandaVision show aired by the time that they went into production in the movie. Oh, really? So they probably were only giving him a select scenes from oh. it. Oh. And yeah. then they demanded the scenes back when they were, when he was done. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to mention, though, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Andrew, but, like, also the first, like, 20 minutes or so, like, the first act, sure. you can feel like they have to get through, like... Yeah, that was something that I felt too, because what's really important here is Wanda's introduction in this film. Yeah. And to me, it felt rather rushed. Yeah. It's like you got just enough information to understand what was going on, but it it was just like, we got to keep the movie going, because otherwise it's going to get bogged down. And I I, I kind of wish it had been done more elegantly, Yeah, because it was just like, you know... I mean, that would have been a moment where seeing WandaVision would have actually been useful. Because, you know, if you had seen WandaVision, it wouldn't have been as necessary. But, you know, outside of it, you're kind of like, well, I get it, but... Well, it's hard because you then you have then to... That's, yeah. And, and it's just because, also, you're not expecting what happens. Andrew, if you had read my blog before going to the theater, you would have been caught up. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Blogs do matter. Like Matt yeah, Catania at WordPress.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but uh, I don't know. Do you feel like that at all, Corey? I, I wasn't troubled by the exposition in the beginning. It didn't bother me. I, I didn't need it as much because I did watch WandaVision and I had also rewatched Doctor Strange 1 less than... 24 hours ago yeah. but it is the kind of thing where if where you watch it and if you have no familiarity you're just like there's something here i'm missing you yeah. get but it's like you just get enough and it's not a fatal problem no especially compared to what comes later because it's like if you can get through that intro and get all the information then yeah. you're going to get a huge reward the longer mm-hmm. you watch this film now i had a question for you matt because you are also you actually are the one in this room who has watched all of What If, I mm-hmm. think, right? Yes. I've only watched maybe one or two episodes. Now, without getting spoilery, maybe, was there anything in What If that I should have maybe seen before seeing this movie? I would say no, that there are characters in it who resemble characters from What If, but since it's like an infinite multiverse, I think that these are variants of the characters mm. from What If, so what happens in this movie shouldn't really affect the events of the cartoon and vice versa. Yeah. God, movies are work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies are homework. Yeah, like I wonder what will happen if I like take my mom to this and like she just barely remembers something, you know, yes. Avengers. The, I, I want to say though, keep in mind, like I I don't want to say I kind of want to put all this, all this in perspective. It was like go back to two thousand five, yeah, two thousand whatever. When when did Iron Man? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. And everyone was like, in the wildest dreams of Marvel fans, when Mar- Iron Man came out, it was like, man, are they going to do more, more movies? No one ever thought it would get this far. Yeah. And I kind of laugh when people say they're fatigued or they don't, they can't keep up. Because it's like, 2008, this is exactly what everybody wanted. Yeah. And now everybody's gotten what they wanted, and now they regret. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Someone well, wished on a genie. And now they're well, just wallowing in there. Well, their, but but it's also regret. though though, but it's but it's also like that. Marvel did kind of you know aim get what they aimed for, which is creating 
you know, what you experience as an avid comic book person yeah. in the movies. They, it's, they but translated it's just, that experience to a certain degree. Yes, but the but the only problem is, though, movies also aren't comic books, and comic True. books aren't always movies, and it can sometimes be exhausting to keep up with comic books. And yet, the movies are still very successful. Yeah. Now, again, I don't mean to say that, like, I again, I, I think... Like you could watch this without, as you put it, you know, if you haven't seen Wandavision, it's fine. The only thing I would have said that you should see, like a friend of mine actually asked me, like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm thinking of seeing Doctor Strange. What should I see? Because I've fallen out of continuity and I haven't yeah. seen, I haven't kept up." I said, "What should you see?" It's like, well, you know, I hadn't seen the movie, so I said, "Like, watch the latest Spider-Man film. That'll yeah. give you an idea of what we're. That it won't like give you the information you need, but it will prepare you." Yeah. And this is also written by the guy that did the Loki TV series. Right. Yeah. Which, again, you don't need to see if you haven't seen this. No, no. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, keep going. But, but now, now, the other thing I want to say, though, what helps, too, is Elizabeth Olsen's performance, I think, is Scarlet Witch. Like, yeah. This, I think, is her best work in, as the character, too. Yeah. You know, she's given so much to do. You know, it's, you know, she's not having to hide that. She's Scarlet Witch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as a viewer of the movie, I really benefited from watching WandaVision. I'm glad you could follow it without it, but WandaVision is my favorite of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. And I feel like this movie, her arc definitely packed more of an emotional wallop from having watched WandaVision. Hmm. So... That's when I listened to Film Spotting did like a super short like micro review of it and Josh Larson said you don't need WandaVision to comprehend the plot of Doctor Strange 2 but WandaVision kind of helps you get into like the emotional journey and that's what I felt like I definitely feel like I connected with Wanda a lot more in this movie even than I had in prior movies because I had seen WandaVision. Yeah. And I think what's what I liked about her character so much is, I mean, she, it, there's no question she is the antagonist of the movie. But because Technically, of, she's the protagonist of the movie. She's the hmm. one who's trying to do something. And so and so she's like the her. so she's like the Thanos of the movie. No, she's the villain. The, yeah. But I'm saying but in Infinity War Thanos is trying to do something. Yes. <laughs> That's my The person opinion. trying to stop you is the antagonist. The person trying to do something is the is the protagonist. Yeah. Things I would have saved for the spoiler space. <laughs> Sorry, no, but where I was getting you to this was... You could have said she was the protagonist and we wouldn't have been a spoiler. But <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear in the trailer that she's a villainous Not character. Really. No, no. Yeah, she is. I was surprised. Really? Yeah. Hey, I... everybody. Scarlet Witch is the villain. <laughs> There's that part where she's like... You know, I'll even, maybe I can put it, drop it in right here. You break the rules. Look out! To become a hero. I do it, I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but they they put it in such a way that it's like seemed like maybe there was like this movie is her redemption arc from Wandavision. She could mm. have had a villainous turn in the middle of the movie and then gone turn around. Mm. That's how I read it. What do you yeah. say, Corey? I 
it's hard for me to interpret the trailer in the absence of the information that I had from WandaVision, and specifically the very last scene in WandaVision, like the post-credit scene in the last episode, I feel like kind of tips its hand to where Wanda's going to be going in this movie. So I was not surprised, but if the person and who didn't see WandaVision mm. was surprised, maybe that's All maybe right. that's the person's word we should take. I agree. All right. <laughs> well, maybe I'll I'll put a mild spoiler warning at the start of this episode. It's not spicy. It's mild. Yeah, it's mild. <laughs> it's a mild thing. All right. But where I was getting to with this though, Elizabeth Olsen gets to do a lot in this yeah. movie, and it, it's especially a window into you know what her you know, just you know how she's reacting to everything around her how she's creating the spaces that she's in you know yeah. at times she's the medium and she's the message yeah. <laughs> to use McLuhan-esque terms <laughs> God, I, could, I got a little could you, there could you what does that mean I don't know I just like sometimes if you are creative if you're a tool for something if you're like a you know, you're a television, you're creating the space that people are in, and yet... So... Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to short mind. circuit your... Never mind, I, maybe that's a bad me she metaphor. Casts or dream of smoke, whatever she Yeah, does. yeah, the dream, yeah, the dream stuff, yeah. Um, now, all right. I, 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 I will say, this is, I think, the first arc we've had in the Marvel Universe where someone has gone from being a hero to being a villain, like, in over so many movies. Although she started off as a villain. So yes. She's back to square one now. But yeah. But that was a different kind of villain, though. Yeah. She, well, she was technically. She was, that's right. Uh, she was what? a villain, she was a villain under different oh. circumstances. I Although it's been a while since I've seen Age of Ultron. so. Right. Um, but yeah, wow. It's been a. I can't believe it's been that she, long. She was a. But, you know, she was a big hero in both of the in Avengers and Infinity War and in Endgame. And you know, mm -hmm. then she had a television series, and everything went downhill. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, but, there, there were certain memes right. that came from that. But if you look back on all of that, she like the character has had like a troubled history of just like she was, you know, where, you know, she started out as this villain. She's struggled with being a hero, like in Civil War, where yeah. she actually causes collateral damage. She doesn't know how to deal with that. But and then I can see from this movie, it's like she had this glimmer of happiness. With a person that she loved, although Vision in this is is absent entirely, you know. Right. But it's just like she had that glimmer of happiness, and it was snatched away from her, and that I think does make a pretty effective villain. Yes. Yeah. He, he, again, I haven't seen Wandavision, but you know, watching this movie, I get it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make me feel bad for her, but still. <laughs> no, but but by what I mean though too is you could still see that. Like, in her performance, I feel like she's still... There's a tiny part of her It's like, should I be doing... No, I am doing this. The, the, yeah, the character is written very well, where it, where it's just like she is... It's very clear. Villainy does not come naturally. No. Yeah, uh, to Wanda. Well, you also... It's always... Well, that's also the thing going back to Raimi in the Spider-Man movies. You understand what this character wants even and... if they don't dye their hair black and start dancing in the street <laughs> <laughs> or have an outtake where they do uh, if i were a rich man yeah. <laughs> yeah you know your comparison to spider-man is really good raimi really does seem attracted to those villains with like a little soft nougaty center 
Sure. And Wanda's villains... got a soft center. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> villains that will tug your heartstrings yeah. a little bit. So. I think that's good that there's like a very strong emotional core to her villainy that you can get that it's like simple to latch on yeah. to so that you can go through the rest of the interdimensional shenanigans and still not get lost in the, all the wackiness happening. I think that's kind of how it works where it's just like you do have you have that thing to latch on to as you said where it's like and so even if you do rush that that the exposition you still have that emotional core to latch on to no matter what happens throughout the film. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, and I know this is going to sound weird from someone whose favorite MCU movie is Captain America Civil War, but I was glad to watch a villain whose goals were very um, small scale, very intimate. And I know that if she had succeeded in her goal, there would have been larger multiverse ripple effects. Very serious repercussions. Yeah, but... I do get a little tired sometimes of, oh my god, the entire planet is at stake. So well, that was the problem with Doctor Strange, the first movie, where it's where you know the fate of the universe rests rests in the hands of Doctor Strange because there are these villains who want to destroy some, you know, on a grand scale. Yeah, and, and that and this movie is the ultimate, like ah. Uh, It, it totally turned it around where it's like it lost the genericness in almost every way. Instead of big scale stakes, there, there are big scale stakes, mm-hmm. but the focuses are the small things, like you yeah. just said. Well, yeah. And then the tone struck out in, its, yeah. in a completely different direction yeah. from everything yeah. else I've and, seen so far. Yeah, and not, well, not just that, but again, after it gets past that kind of first 20 to 30 minute hump, the movie just takes off and it doesn't. You know, slow down, and if anything, by the time it gets to its final act, I it's like incredible. It's set up everything that you need to where you can do the craziest stuff you've ever done. Yeah, and I'm I'm always appreciative of a movie that can get better as it's going along. Yeah, and and, and you know, this film is this film is a Marvel film that has done things that Marvel films have never done. No, in a very and, big way. No, and in fact, you know, even the audience like. Probably a lot of the audience were, as you said, they were probably there because No Way Home is just such like a big deal right now in pop culture, you know, and I have a feeling a number of them were probably scared shitless. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not really taking into account that Sam Raimi's not just the director of Spider-Man 2, he's also the director of Evil Dead 2. Yeah. What did you love? brought in new experimental flourishes to it, because it could have been like very formulaic and standard but he kept it fresh it's he not it's not her. a marvel movie with slam oh, slam Raimi. <laughs> i feel slammed that's his, i feel slammed against the wall sometimes that's his wrestler alter ego <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not just <laughs> sam Raimi's flourishes slopped over a marvel movie it's those two things meshing and meshing very well and and i and it's really surprising that Whoever is producing it, Marvel allowed a lot of it to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad they did. This is it was fantastic. Yeah, um, like so you know be because let's just say this is the darkest Marvel movie. I don't um, think it's the darkest Marvel movie. It's more it's darker some, than it, it's really grisly in the way that they're showing the deaths, like straight up people it, like burning it, and melting. in terms of what happens to bodies. You might be right. I mean, 
I, I mean, you could make an argument that like Infinity War is a little darker because I mean, no, everyone Infinity dies in War that movie. is bloodless. It is. It takes no chances. It is. It is. You know what's going to happen mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Uh, people go away, but they come back. In the next film, all right, there that's a good the, argument. The darkness. If there is, <laughs> I, I'm darkness, not saying I'm making it. Everybody's just... got like a glow stick where it's just like, oh, things are okay. No, this <laughs> is the darkest Marvel movie we've had so far. I don't think it's the darkest uh, plot, but I think it's maybe the darkest right. execution here's of what, a plot. All right, here's why I would say though, to your point, Andrew. Like, one thing I did think of when I was watching it. Normally, yeah, right. Even in Infinity War. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to resolve itself. This is fine. I had moments, I had a couple moments in Multiverse Madness where I thought, you know, this could go really badly. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm not assured that everything's going to turn out all right, especially with everything that Strange is doing and the chances that Strange is taking. I mean, it, he could really fuck things up in the first scene you see dr strange say i'm going to drain your power and it's going to kill you yeah and he does it and he says because the universe the multiverse is more important than you yeah that's dark i defy you to say otherwise no no i I absolutely think like that sets up the stakes in a very uh particular way yeah do you want to go into the full-on spoiler zone we should i think it's about time we open up that door walk into the universe of spoilers where I'm growing a well, spoiler universe where everybody knows every movie before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> where the internet Citizen Kane 2, the sled was the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> the internet doesn't spoil you, you spoil the internet. <laughs> uh, Alright, that doesn't work. Okay. Alright, so uh, well Jack, you wanna go first? We're gonna go into spoilers now. Uh so if you want to pause here, uh please do so. In three, two Hand motion. Oh, where's my fucking ring? Here it is. Wait, aren't we supposed to give an opinion? So if we oh, stop... oh, 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 before spoilers. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. How those... long have I been away from this podcast? <laughs> we already gave our opinion. We all like the movie. We all said no, no, no. I'll I'll restate it. I'll restate it. You're right. <laughs> let me go backward. Let me I... let me go back in time like Doctor Strange would. This is a really good movie. Uh, I wouldn't rank it in my t- super top tier marvel but it's really up there it's probably you know my not not counting things with spider-man my favorite marvel movie since endgame and uh yeah visually as even more dynamic than the uh the first movie uh that first movie was almost like the appetizer this is the main course and uh yeah go go see it yeah i like oh a lot. <laughs> one more thing great danny elfman score which you didn't know was Danny Elfman at first. Uh, until the end. All the, all the chanting. <laughs> all right, Matt. Yeah, I like this. Um, it's not quite as good as everything, everywhere, all at once, but I did like it better than Spider-Man No Way Home. So I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is a this is a really good movie. It's uh, it's Marvel going off in a really different direction, like not too different, but really interesting. Uh, I enjoyed myself immensely. I would agree with you; it's not as good as Everything Everywhere All at Once, but they're of course they're, uh, they're two different things at this point. So uh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Spoilers. So we are in the spoiler zone. Yeah. Spoilers. Ah! By the power of omnipotent Asura, I command you to cease. I don't know who you are or how you did that, but thanks. I summon forth the shielding powers of the Vishanti. Impressive. 
He sure puts Mysterio's hocus pocus to shame. He's too powerful. We must flee. Wait. They possess powers you cannot possibly fathom. Thanks for the warning, but I've got a personal stake in this. I cannot believe they brought someone from the Inhumans onto this movie. <laughs> the brass balls of Marvel. Oh my god. I love the way he died. That was fantastic. Wait, how did he die again? Wanda took away his mouth when he tried to Oh, talk right, right. Oh, that head. was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We're and I love the shot. It just pulls back. Yeah, no mouth. We're bringing in the Inhumans. Just the gall. Like, I saw the Inhumans. You're the <laughs> You're one. You're the one. Yes. <laughs> was that character hold worth on, anything? Hold on. hold on. Let me get this straight because I didn't see Inhumans. That was the movie. That came out. No, no, it was, no, it was a TV show. show. Yeah. Okay, I don't think was that even. What was on? That wasn't on Disney. Plus. No, it was on ABC. It was ABC. a failed, universally loathed TV show that ran eight episodes and got canceled. The actor who played Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones was on it. I did not watch it, but I've seen two clips of it on YouTube. One involved a chick with a giant CGI dog. And one involved one of the characters has Medusa hair, but apparently they didn't have the money to CGI her Medusa hair, so they cut it off. In like the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where that character came from. Yeah, I had no idea watching it. I've seen that character around. Yeah. Uh, I've seen pictures of that character, really, in comic books, but um, I have no, I had no, I couldn't have named him if you if you had given me three guesses. He's got a much better costume in this than he did in the TV show. <laughs> I'd imagine that they had more of a budget for the show. Do you believe than... me now when I say TV doesn't matter? <laughs> <laughs> but talking about so that there is that big set piece where, and you get a little hint of it in the trailer because you hear a voice saying, "We should tell them the truth." Yeah. And I think most people who heard that immediately knew, oh, all right, so Charles Xavier is back. Sure. But he promised he was quitting after Logan. That bastard Patrick Stewart. I'll never forget him. <laughs> Matt, Matt, money. <laughs> <laughs> like, he came back after, you know, he came back as Picard. He, why wouldn't he come back as, like, that? Has Pat- he no integrity? No, he's like, he's like, he's creating a nest egg for his kids. Patrick Stewart gave me one of the most heartwarming moments in this film. Yeah, I was going to say, like, his cameo isn't just a gimmick. He actually has a real moment. He has a great moment, one that's really true to his character. Yes. And everything we know about this character. And and he contrasts so well against everybody else in that universe. I'm not going to set it up, but it's just like Professor Xavier just comes there. Everybody wants to kill Stephen Strange because he's a threat to the universe. They all miss the point. Charles Xavier is the only one who says, you know, we should give this guy a chance because he gives everybody a chance. That's his whole point. Yeah. If, <laughs> and not only that, he he, man, he he confronts Wanda yes. and gets inside her head and even tells her she has a chance. Yes. And I love that moment where she he's... He looks like he's about to do a repertory theater production yeah. in like a turtleneck and like walks over to 
the scared Wanda who's like covered in like rubble. Well, keep in mind it's it's the Wanda from his universe yes. who is being possessed by the Wanda from art from the, from Steven's universe. There's a lot going on in here, uh, but it's just like if but, you're if you're in here for spoilers, but don't ask for context. But the point <laughs> is though, like what I liked in that moment is that clearly you know Sam Raimi he he grew up as like you know a 60s 70s Marvel kid. And I could set, you know, he has, like, I think so much love and respect for all those characters. So it's not just, you know, the ones that he's doing. He understands, like, I know I can get these characters, too. He's willing to give them their moments before he brutally murders them. <laughs> I'm so happy to kill Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, and John Krasinski pops up as Mr. Fantastic. Our audience clapped because, our, of course, our audience Comic clapped. audience. Yeah. <sighs> Like and yeah, I'm glad they killed him. I wasn't that thrilled with him. I was talking to Corey about he was that. a total stiff in his 37 minutes of 37 seconds of screen time. <laughs> wow! But Jack says that's that's most, just yeah, what the characters like. The thing that's most that his You're, moment is the moment he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'm glad he was killed as well. Yeah, it was my fist bump moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... Yeah, well, he's kind of lame. I he's agree awful. that <laughs> I really liked the, like, moment with Professor X. Um, I didn't recognize Black Bolt at all until I literally Googled on the way home. But once I did, I was overjoyed that they pulled a character from the Inhumans, which... It's to this movie what... <laughs> Thor the Dark World popping up in Endgame was. It's like... <laughs> uh, good one. Everyone, um... Yeah. Everyone else, like, the... Um, the Fantastic Four guy, their version of Captain Marvel, their version of Captain Carter, it's just kind of there. Sure. Um, I did like... They're interesting to see. Yeah. 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 Well, they that don't was, do a lot. Yeah. But... Well, that was one of the when I watched like the one episode of What If they that was something they had teased there where they had Carter as Captain America. Right. So, but anyway, um... I did like though that Captain Carter she gives the little quip which was also from Hawkeye like I could do this all day and then just immediately gets cut in half. <laughs> And like you could tell, Sam Raimi's having so much fun doing that. Like, it that's a violent sequence. Yeah, yeah. You that's know. what I've been telling you this whole time. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, it's a cool thing because it's you often see that PG thirteen rating for movies, and you know it, you kind of take it for granted, and you just think like, well, it's because there's going to be lots of like punch, punch, kick, kick stuff. You know, maybe fire, maybe you see some death, but like. No, this kind of pushes it. This yeah. is like Raiders uh, of the Lost Ark PG. Yeah, or or, no, or Temple of Doom. Like this yeah. is like mid '80s PG thirteen without all the all the racial undertones. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, but yeah, that that's a nice thing. About so you have that scene where yeah, they're called the Illuminati. Illuminati yeah. Is that in the comics there too? Is. Yep. Mm -hmm. I saw because I overheard people go like, "Ooh, Illuminati!" I never heard of that. It's a thing. It is. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of like the original conspiracy theory, but not that they were yeah. the comics. Yeah. I imagine some people watch this and think like, are they really the Illuminati? 
Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I don't think for me any scene is ever gonna top the Deadpool 2. We assembled the team and then promptly murdered them. <laughs> but this was still good. Yeah. Um I liked I actually liked that they weren't a big part of the movie because kinda like Matt, I wanna I wanna spend time with Doctor Strange and Wanda, and I want to be immersed in their universe. So I'm glad the cameos didn't dwarf the entire movie. They were just like a fun little. They lock. were integrated into the story at the moment where it was fine. Yeah. It didn't become it didn't become the movie. It was a little detour before we get back to you know Wanda versus Strange. Right. And uh... <laughs> Wanda versus Strange, by the way, very memorable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They, they, <laughs> Wanda v. Strange, quite the Supreme Court decision. And before that, there was Stranger vs. Strange, the musical battle. <laughs> yes, that was cool. Oh my god! Oh, I was so giddy watching that. Yeah, so what happens is... you know, game Fantasia for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta recover from that. That's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, that seemed to me like a bit out of left field. It was it was fun to look at, and I was glad they were taking a sort of in, a, a more original way of doing a battle scene. But it was also like, why musical notes? Because it's there. I guess so. I mean, I'll take it. I'd rather have it than not. Instead of it, it just was, being it the a... same old like bolts and like shapes and stuff like that. Like, but, I... it, but it was kind of like the equivalent of when you go to like Doctor Strange's magic school in wherever it is. Like seeing the bullheaded guy. I looked at Matt after the movie. He's like, "Who's the bullheaded guy?" <laughs> they never explained him, but he was just there. That's fine. And it's just like, I, and, and and in the end, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Okay, okay. that's it's, the it's, kind that's of the least strange thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but then it's just like when you have the musical battle, it's also like it's just there. It doesn't have an explanation. It just looks nice, and there we go. I think also in that scene, that was a good release or almost relief in a way because before that, it's an extreme. I found that scene extremely tense. Between the two Stranges, because, you know, one, you know, Stephen Strange, do we call him six, is it 608 Strange? I don't know. They came up with these numbers. It's about, 838 and 616. Oh, 616. Our, our But that's not the same universe as the Doctor Strange he fights with music. No, maybe not. Well, no, because in that, high Doctor Strange. no, by that point, he's seeing the other, other, other Doctor Strange. Yes. Yeah, he's seeing like a Doctor Strange who's holding himself up in like Dracula's castle, and <laughs> and he just needs a hug. Yeah, he kind of just needs a hug, and is now is that the Strange that also has the eye? Yes. Yeah. That was incredible. Oh, as soon as I saw the eye, both... I went like, "Ooh!" Things that both Doctor Strange and uh, everything, everything, where all at once have. Third oh. Even though one's a googly eye. Still. Yeah. The, in that version, the googly eye is, a, is like a positive thing to have. Yeah. In this... I don't know if you it, know this, but having three eyes, generally frowned upon. <laughs> Sam Raimi just has a thing about eyes, though. I mean, sure. in Army of Darkness, you know, at some point <laughs> an eye is like the first thing that Ash it gets. It was a great touch, though. It, it, made him, it made him look more... Like, he looks so, so much more haggard. And he's so much more subdued, but then you add that little flourish of that third eye in the middle of his forehead, and it's just like, things are messed up! Mm -hmm. Yeah, the different strangers were cool. And of course, I liked how 
in like the conclusion our strange has to dreamwalk into zombie strange yeah yeah that's that's a big part of the climax he there's a strange who was dead and so he has to inhabit him the makeup on him was great that's another thing i want to mention like i just loved how he looked as zombie strange i love I love the zombies where their cheeks are, like, cut out and you can see the entire, like, bottom row of teeth. Yeah. This is my, like, particular thing when I'm looking at you. I want to see all those teeth, baby. Give me those teeth. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see, like, when they're talking, I want to see, mm. like, the muscles in their cheeks moving. Like, I want a vivisected cheek is, like, my favorite part of zombie makeup. Mm-hmm. And they delivered. You heard it here first, folks. Um, i'm curious matt like i read somewhere that there was stop motion animation in the movie did you notice any of that josh larson said that on film spotting i wasn't sure what was the stop motion what was stop motion was bruce campbell (laughs) (laughs) yes as hot dog vendor probably pizza Pizza pop oh pizza ball man pizza papa pizza papa yeah, in this universe where uh, you have a pizza as a ball, and oh, this is a joke that I don't think that. Hey guys, it's Mr. Pizza. I had the pizza papa. <laughs> All right, when that's an in joke. When I are you going to explain that? Yes, when I was a teenager, one of my friends it's I forget story. who casually mentioned that my father was a little intimidating as a personality because when I had friends over, my dad would never talk to them. He'd just like lumber around the house and never speak to them. So one of my like a bear. <laughs> so yes, pretty much. So one of my friends mentioned like your dad's a little intimidating, and then I said to him, my friends are a little intimidated by you. Then one day, I was having my friends over for my birthday, and I couldn't have my friends actually in the house, so we were at the beach, but my father was going to pick up a pizza and, like, bring it. And then when he came to the beach, he, like, exclaimed, Hey, guys, it's Mr. Pizza! (laughs) (laughs) Like, nightmare fuel. A for effort, but... So he was the pizza papa. And then, like... Your face is like rip bleed. <laughs> this was completely worth the railing the podcast for this very personal anecdote. Yes, I agree completely. I know you're not being sarcastic. I know you totally agree with me. I know yeah. everyone is totally interested in anecdotes from my birthday parties from like 22 years ago. Yeah. All right. But anyway. That's so... what Bruce brings out of me. <laughs> in case you didn't know, Bruce Campbell has a cameo in this film as a pizza man. Yes. He is delightful and, as always. And he also uh, is there for the second end credit scene. So stick around for that. Totally, totally worth, worth it. it. So totally nice. worth it. Probably like. Not since the ending credit scene of Spider Man Home. Of Spider Man, the first one. The Homecoming. Yeah. Hmm. What's the what was it's Captain America standing there? Oh, patience. Oh, right. Yeah. Shoot, uh-huh. I forgot about we that. We watch a lot of Marvel films. We do. Um, oh, and that brings up another one more cameo of. Uh, and since we were in a lot of traffic on our way home, Corey actually looked up this character. So Charlize Theron is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She plays someone named Clea, who is apparently the niece of Dormammu. And eventually, Doctor Strange's wife. Yes. 
Yeah, that's so. that's interesting. <laughs> Do you want to add more knowledge, Matt? That, that's basically all I got. You took my role. <laughs> well, the internet took your role. Well. You were replaced by my phone. <laughs> uh, but I actually liked knowing that because that's one of um, Doctor Strange's like things during the movie is coming to realize that he wants to be in a relationship. Yeah. So I'm glad that they've introduced who his wife is going to be because, yeah. you know, you want it's... him to have... Mm -hmm. a, late, a special lady friend yeah. who doesn't care about his third eye yeah. <laughs> it's a good and i like to like you have him and rachel mcadams in that first movie and sure. it's you know kind of one of those typical sort of relationships where you know of course he's a jerk she puts up with it until she doesn't and then he kind of comes back into her life you know back and forth kind of thing in this movie because you have like you know the movie starts and he's at her wedding <laughs> Yeah. But then he's going into another, you know, universe where she has a completely different role. Yeah. And that, I think, helps to change up their dynamic and, you know, sort of bring that to a head and a close as well. So it's like everyone gets, like, a really good arc in this movie. Well, I, I think what it really comes down to is, the is, like, the sort of parallels between Wanda and Doctor Strange's stories. Mm. Where it's like she is trying to... She's using whatever means necessary to basic to to regain her family, which may or may not have existed. I mm -hmm. don't know. I haven't seen the show. Mm -hmm. But then it's like you see all these different versions of Stephen Strange who have just done horrible things, trying to do the same thing over and over again by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And he's and he's the one Stephen Strange who's just who's trying to stop all that. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who's actively resisting being in any sort of close relationship with anybody yeah and by near the end of the movie he finally says no i i can't do this by myself i need your help right and yeah he really actually has like growth in this because whereas like you know wanda's breaking and not just of growing a third eye <laughs> that's his literal growth yeah both physically and mentally Sometimes physically. He's basically his thing is that like he is always has to be the one who makes like the hard sacrifice regardless of what everybody else says and breaks the rules to save the day. And then by the end, he realizes that it's not always up to him. He has to trust America to be able to save herself and take on the responsibility of making like the big thing because it's kind of like a lesson that batman should have learned like you know how in all the, mm. the crossovers he's always like oh i know better than the rest of the justice league and i'm gonna do something crazy that'll save the day but everyone's gonna hate me for it but fuck all you justice league guys because <laughs> i'm batman and then the comics is like yeah you're our number one cash guy so you're not gonna have any consequences of this <laughs> and so, Strange is a lower tier character so he actually gets to learn and say hey maybe that's not always the best thing to do maybe yeah. i don't have to like always go about doing things this way and i could be more trusting and, and, and the other thing too is like like Wanda he he's afraid of just losing things people too like that's the thing he tells Rachel McAdams at the end when he's in when he's in like that that sanctum in the other universe he's like he want it's not that he doesn't want these things it's just that he's afraid and it's like yeah and I interpret that to be I'm afraid of losing people yeah and and then bring that back you know Wanda is also like she you know had those you know children and you know doesn't want to lose them in her kind of Warped mind. Yeah, because she's lost everything else. I mean, she lost her family. She lost, she lost her entire lost family. Her, her parents. She lost her brother. Yeah. She lost Vision, and she 
lost her kids, and even though her kids weren't real, she experienced them yeah. as if they were. I mean, like, let's say you found out, Andrew, that, like, we weren't real, like the three of us, right? Okay. That wouldn't really change how you experienced the last like 16 years of knowing us you True, still have a lot of things in the question yeah but <laughs> still, I'm with you, so far. you can't turn off the emotions that you developed and we're not as close to you as if we were your children so i think wanda even if she intellectually knows the kids weren't real you can't undo she still the wants feeling that relationship yeah yeah are you guys trying to tell me something <laughs> yeah we are not real but it would be oh! very this podcast kill 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 (laughs) we're really like rocks standing on like a mountainside (laughs) to bring it back to another multiverse movie um oh boy what was you know that one more little thing to that like it was a small moment but like when the two uh strangers uh see themselves in like the the old house like one of you know one of them's like how do i know tell me something that only one of us would know Mm -hmm. and he brings up like that he had a sister who like died of like an accident. She drowned. Yeah, yeah. she drowned. Well, I, I think that's that's it. Like, you know, Stephen Strange is afraid of loss, not without reason. Yeah, I like that he moment. He doesn't though. want like that. This is a thing that actually happens in surprise, surprise, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Remember how we have to, like Batman and Robin? You, while you it's mean, a terrible movie, it has something in it where it's like Batman is constantly try, like interfering with everybody because he's afraid of... Lo- he doesn't want them to do the things he's doing. He doesn't want them to be in danger because he's afraid of losing them. That's the whole point of Batman and Robin. Yes. But it's like, but it's the same thing here. It's the same idea. It's, that, that detail is dropped in rather suddenly, and it seems a bit extraneous, kind of like the bullheaded man. <laughs> but no, it, it makes perfect sense if you think about Strange as being just afraid of losing people because he has lost people. Rimshaw is just a minotaur alien. Okay. (laughs) Also, the loss of his sister, and when he says, I couldn't save her, I think that also helps flesh out a little bit of why he was such, like, a hotshot, like, messiah complex jerk as a doctor, where he was always looking for the hardest possible cases and was always driving towards um you know i have to not just be a doctor like all doctors save people's lives every day every doctor should be enough but no dr strange has he's to overcompensating be. Stephen strange pulled a bullet out of a man's brainstem <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does in the first movie but it's, yeah you know, no it, that dramatic it's like thing, again, skill that he has he's extremely talented and extremely arrogant and he's extremely driven yeah but, you know, he, he has to reckon with those extremes in both movies. Yeah. In, in all of his movies so far. Like, this is this movie has done a good job of sort of tying all those things together. Right. And I think what, also one last thing I'd, I'd say um, is, I think one complaint I had read about, like, with Doctor Strange uh, in years past was, like, oh, he's just like another, he's like a discount Tony Stark. He was. Yeah. yeah, he is a discount. <laughs> he is, but I, but I think this movie helps to expand it a little bit more. Yeah, this just... film really helps distinguish him from Tony Stark. Like so many, like Tony Stark is a template for many of those first and second generation 
Marvel films, like Phase 1, Phase 2. Whenever yeah. they introduce a new person, it's always like, this guy is a person who now has a technology, and he has to fight an evil version of himself. And it's always the same thing. Yeah. But, and that was the problem with the first movie. It's the problem that this movie solves. Yeah. Yeah. It solves it tonally. It solves it character with character. It solves it in terms of plot. It, it, it's, it, it illuminates it, everything. It, it's like a movie that cares about its themes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. And, and it looks great. It I think you're great. right that. In terms of, like, the basic persona, Stephen Strange is Discount Tony Stark. But I would say both movies are tonally distinct oh, from yeah. the Iron Man movies. And also, his power set is distinctive, which means the kinds of confrontations he has with the villains. Tony Stark is never going to possess his own dead corpse. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about this. Because even though, just, like, it's not just, like, a great set Where piece. It's just, like... Uh this is something, this is like the first time where it's like, this is something that only Doctor Strange can do. Yeah. It well, works so yeah. well thematically, and it works so well yeah. in just terms of like spectacle. Yeah. It, it really sets him well, apart. Well, the visual isn't just him as the undead corpse, too. It's also, he's surrounded by other, forgive the expression, deadites <laughs> swarming around him. That was a great touch. Oh, that was just, you know, I think Sam Raimi knew. Watching him like, use those that, those, those spirits was was amazing. That almost felt like the voice of those spirits felt like that was just, that's Army of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. But, and again, this is like Sam Raimi was able to take his own thing and mesh it really well together in a Marvel, with a Marvel football. And I, I think I was, I was more, I was worried going in just, a little bit because of the reports that like he you know he was kind of hired after like another director was like kind of let go then everything with covid happened and then every, you know obviously then of course they changed the schedule for WandaVision and No Way Home so this was coming out after and so they had shot stuff they had to reshoot stuff and you always hear That's like That's surprising reshoots. because yeah this film seems to mesh really well it does with yeah everything else like i said i I, I guess we're lucky to have what we have yeah i mean i could tell maybe in one or two scenes maybe like oh this was a reshoot but it wasn't like worse off for that or something yeah you wouldn't have been able to tell unless someone had pointed it out to you no no i i only thought of it just because like well this seems a little bit more again a little rushed yeah but uh yeah um i don't know final thoughts guys yeah. Go see it. Yeah. If you liked everything everywhere all at once, go see it. Although, you're probably going to see this before you see everything everywhere all at once. If you see this, go see that movie. If you saw that movie, go see this movie. It's really nice. Uh, it's re uh, it's It really stands out. It's fantastic. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed the character arcs. I liked the plot. I liked the way... I like that the plot was actually kind of like basic structurally, mm -hmm. but and they really um, leaned on like internal character dynamics and cool visuals instead of creating like a really convoluted muddled plot. So I enjoyed yeah. it a lot, and I would recommend I'm, it. I'm glad Sam Raimi's Sam Raimi's back. Yes. I hope we get more movies. Yeah, I wish the Sam Raimi Michael Waldron team had made Moon Knight instead. Of the people who did. Such a good idea. Mm. You are so right. I am just blown away by the power of your rightness. I disagree. <laughs> I think Sam Raimi should have directed this film. Should have both. <laughs> yes, both. Not an either or. Both. 
Yeah. Well, we have limited time on this earth, Matt. Uh, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta pick your battles and yeah. pick your movies, which Sam Raimi can do. Yes. I can't believe I didn't. So, Sam Raimi would have killed it with Moon Knight. He would have absolutely killed it. And I can do a good transition here. Those are the kind of insights you can find on what website? It's mattdecatania.wordpress.com. Exactly. And definitely check out his blogs. It is chock full of incredible insight, including, you know, real Egyptian history uh, <laughs> on Moon Knight that uh, is really insightful. That's uh, what this movie was missing. Egyptian history. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, keep the Egyptians out of this one. Um, and uh, check out his blog. Check out his Twitter. Check out our Twitter and Facebook, uh, as well as Instagram. Give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts if you find us there. Um, and, uh, when we come back in the future, uh, we're hoping to maybe do, uh, you know, maybe some other different stuff. We might have some versus episodes coming up for you. Yeah. The next episode you'll hear on the Wages of Cinema will just be me and Jack. We're going to be doing a fire starter versus. Ooh. Yeah. Pew. <laughs> That's not ah, fire. Fire. All right. So, and, and I'm sure we'll come back for other reviews this summer as well. Uh, but until we still got Thor: Love and Thunder, we do have Thor: Love and Thunder, and uh, I'm sure it might be something else too. If, if Natalie Portman's arms are any indication, this movie is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Natalie Portman. Her. I know you listen to the podcast, but I had to say it. Please don't <laughs> hurt. hurt me instead. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I that was what you said more offensive than what I said. <laughs> All right, I think we should leave it at that. On that note. All right, on that note, I'm Jack. I am Trash Panda Corey. I'm Andrew. I'm Matt. And the wages of cinema is... Hugs! Klaatu Varada Nikto! All right, good night.